You are now tuned in to Hip Hot Heads. I am your co-host, No Sage, and we got Novak here as well. A podcast on where we talk about our favorite hip hop moments, you know, revisiting some of our classic um, hip hop moments indeed. And yeah, I mean, Novak, you came up with, uh, we got to talk about the Wu-Tang style, you know, the Wu-Tang Clan. I know we definitely probably have to revisit this subject because there's just, you know, so much to talk about with them. I would imagine, you know, just their influence, their, you know, the film culture, the samples, you know, just the whole movement in general, the logo, obviously. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, yeah, what up? yeah. The logo, you know, the, the impact on culture, the right. movies, you know, it's a lifestyle to be honest with you. It's like, I know the first time I heard him in high school, man, I think the first the first time I heard a Method Man track and you listening to it and trying to find inspiration. And then I remember the track he did with Shaq, No Hook. You know yes. what I, mean? I mean, I was just like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then, you know, you know, before, you know, then you had the clan was dropping videos on uh, probably show our age right now, BET and stuff like that. And MTV, yep. man, those videos were like monumental, man. I mean, they showed a picture of New York we never saw before. You know, not you know. If you go back to Nas and everybody else, the clan was just a, a totally different beast at that point. Yeah, they're a definite staple in hip hop. Like everybody tried to <clears throat> copycat their movements and you know tried to replicate the formula, but it was just really hard to do so. I actually also wanted to talk about how I got introduced to the Wu, but I had a really obscure like trivia question for you, Novak. So, um, since I'm feeling in the holiday mood and it's early December while we're recording this. There was a track that um, the Wu sampled that was um, basically like a Christmas song. Um, it was on Iron Flag. I don't know if you remember the track or even like what it was called. Iron Flag track, Wu-Tang track. <laughs> uh, you got to tell me this one because yeah. I'm trying to think what Christmas song could this be because I'm thinking... <laughs> I keep seeing samurai chopping off heads and stuff like that. So I'm trying to understand what, what Chris on day sample. Is that, yeah, cold, outside? Is that cold outside? It, it's close. It's close. Yeah. There's definitely something about the code, but basically um, the song is called Dashing and oh. they were essentially sampling jingle bells. Now it's not like obvious, but if you mm-hmm. listen to it, you can catch on. And even the hook basically inspected that he goes, I was dashing through the hood. Aces with the wrist smoke gray. Leave skid marks on the five boat, smoking all the way, you know, like just crazy <laughs> stuff like that. And you can hear like the jingle bells beat in the back. Man, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. I mean, like, who would have thunk it, man? Every, I'm, I'm, I'm over for a praying mantis or a, or, or a tiger style or something like that. You know, they they sample Santa Claus. I mean, that's up there with the speed, that's up there with the speed racer samples from off of uh, off the ghost face out, man. Ooh. You know. Oh man, you know yes. when they broke off and read it, and they start singing with the God, and they, they went into the whole like, uh, man, the Racer X like uh, persona, man, is sick. When Ghost goes into that, I mean, because uh, I grew up a Speed Racer, and it and right, that right. show I always wanted Razor X to get away, and I'm like, this is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't like that. Um, was it Daytona 500, I think, or something like that? That's Daytona. Of the Ghostface album, Iron yeah. Man. Yeah. That that whole beat, man, is like straight off of like you know, right. <laughs> old school cartoons, man. You listen to yep. da, 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 da. you're like, wow, man. I mean, it's it's sweet to hear it because 
man, just the fact these guys are vibing over an old school cartoon. Right. It's ridiculous, you know. I mean, it's creativity yeah. at its best. I agree. I agree. And um, yeah, my meet cute with the Wu is kind of similar. It wasn't high school for me. I think I shared in a previous episode that um, maybe I was like listening to MC Hammer. I caught a case of Hammer Time like anybody did. But um, my cousin, who she was like um, a senior when I was like maybe a freshman or, or closing in on high school. And I remember she had this like eclectic like CD collection, like, um, you know, basically some some pop stuff, some boy band stuff. She had like a different, different um, repertoire, but there was this one Wu CD that she had, you know, Enter the 36, obviously mm-hmm. their first one. I just remember like the first time I saw that cover, it was like in a stack of CDs and it had nobody, you can tell, right? Cause they all had mask on mm-hmm. and you know, how, how hilarious we're in the mask culture right now. But I, I just, I was just like a moth to the flame when I saw that cover. Yeah, man showing it to me right now it's like i had i was in trance i heard no music whatsoever and i was like what is this what's going on here so yeah i had to listen and obviously was like in love like you know at, at the first jump that cover that cover pretty much inspired me by a t-shirt in the hood right right and you know i remember the first time man they did cream man you know the cream video debuted on like pt man i was sitting there just like you got that soulful woo. He's sitting there just like, wow, here it come, man. And then, you know, and you, you, you get introduced to Ray, and Ray just, man, just walking through the block, just rapping, man. And, you know, like, Ray Kwan always been that, always been that, that staple for the clan for me. You know, the rest of production is awesome. But the Ray Ray, man, just the visual storytelling, and, man, this is a guy like, you know, he's like spun from like Ray, like, like Rod Kim's like right lung pretty much. You know, he's a visual storyteller. And then, you know, they start introducing more and more pieces to the wool. You throw Ghost out there. You throw Inspector Deck. You know, you throw the Jizza. You know, the, the Jizza is in the background smile. And then you got Meth, who could not, Meth won't even be on some of the tracks, but he's in the background. His presence is still felt. And he hasn't even dropped a verse, but you know he's there. So, I mean, they, they come a long way, man, in terms of what they've done over the years. Yeah, they're definitely an authentic hardcore boy band of sorts, meaning like <laughs> not of the BTS <laughs> variety, but basically like, you know, everybody got their own style. Everybody brings something to the table. And obviously RZA, the mastermind behind it all, like somehow, you know, all the stars align and he was able to, you know, um, connect everybody like that. I mean, it was like, um, wasn't it like three cousins, right? It was uh, Jizza, ODB. And was it the RZA? I think all three of them. The were RZA, cousins. yeah, they're yeah. all they're all cousins. Right, Cause, right. Cause, yeah, you know, because ODB man, you know, he was doing his own thing, and then you know, Matthew was out there doing his own thing, his own like boy group, or whatever. At the time, you're right; these guys were like a, a boy group that we didn't realize that we had our own B2K at this point. I didn't realize it, <laughs> but the difference was. This group, man, you know, Tommy Hill figures, you know, they brought Tommy Hill figures, Nautica jackets, Timberlands, oh, right. you know, uh, charms with Jesus heads, man, you know, Pharaoh heads, man. I mean, they 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 also affected style and culture, man. You got to think about how these guys dressed back in the day. You know, the Averest jackets, the Pelly Pels, I mean, the Woo was, you know, Gucci. They were wearing Gucci before we knew what Gucci was, you know, in that situation. Yeah. So, you know, you look at 
even the even the only built for Cuban links album cover to see Ray and wow. you know how different Ray was from when he came in thirty six chambers to you know Cuban links, which some people say is the greatest album ever. You know from any clan album, Big and fact. I argue that thirty six chambers is the is the genesis pretty much. But you know uh, only built for thirty no uh, only built for thirty six only built for Cuban links, man. Yeah. And that thing is that thing is vicious, man. You know. I agree. I agree. You know, actually, um, to kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent, like you're bringing up cream, right. From, um, 36 chambers. And I was actually just talking to my guy this past weekend. And, um, we were talking about like, you know, during high school, what were you listening to? And his first comment was like, you know what? I wasn't trying to listen to the woo and them cats. Like he respected them. He's basically saying like, they were showing that like, um, that new york grime like culture and you know always cold you know with the coats on and i was like <laughs> I, I mean my, my guy my bro was like from chicago too so like he knew he knew he was built for this but he he was more gravitating to like you know nwa and too short and easy and all that so i guess for him it was escapism but like for me i almost felt like like they hit they hit me at my soul like in a lot of different ways like I think the weather thing is interesting because cream, it looks super cold in there. I'm going to fast forward to like the W like that album came out in the winter. And I remember like RZA was like making comments, like, like, you know how like most like um, rap cats were like, I'm going to own the summer with the summer album of the year. But like RZA was actually talking about, no, like the winter is our season. And I think, I think there's something to that. Like, you know, there's a lot of like um, albums that are named after like the cold and the winter wars and whatnot, but I always think about the cold in a good way, like when I'm thinking about the woo, really. No, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, except for, you know, if you think about it, the summer albums never did well, you know, to be honest, but the winter albums, because I think part of it is, man, if you think about that culture, man, you think about the, you, you think about the Nauticas, the Hilfiger winter coats, the Tims, yeah. the, you know, the jeans, man, cuffed at the bottom, whatever, you know, the nice right. Adidas sweatshirt, you know, the polo, you know, these guys put me up on Ralph Lauren and stuff like that. And not because, <laughs> I mean, they were, pre they were preppy, they were, they were preppy. I won't say gangsters. They were preppy rappers, you know, in that situation, you yeah, know, they, they were very preppy, you know, to see the, to see the polo horse everywhere to see like, you know, like, you know, you got Raven's iconic USA, uh, USA, um, you know, Hill figure shirt on over there. I mean, they were doing it big, man. And then, you know, you think about they also, you know, you think about the fangs, you think about the the the, the teeth culture with them. You know, the first time, man, you saw ODB rapping with his face covered, all you can see is teeth. You're like, man, right. what's this dude, man? I mean, it was so vicious <laughs> because you're just watching his teeth tell the story. And you know, you see the glimmer, you see the glimmer from the camera on his on his grill. Yep. And these guys are doing grills before the self. You think about it, you know. <laughs> They were grilled out. You know, they didn't have right. ice in their mouth. It's just straight gold. And you see it. I mean, even Ray was like that for a moment. I mean, they they were, you know, Wu was, was very authentic in that situation. You bring up a lot of, like, clothing brands. And I think almost, like, they almost built, like, a mythos behind a lot of that, too. It wasn't just wearing it for the sake of wearing it. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you're going to wear, you know, what the streets is talking about and what they're watching for. But, um, I mean, you talk about Ghostface, like him being pretty Tony, he's always like decked out and you know, the, <laughs> the lavish robe or the heavy ass golden the wallabies. Eagle, the wallabies. Wasn't he, I remember I saw him like um on a live uh, IG 
uh, earlier this year. I think he was talking about like, I think he, uh, they what were they like dipping the wallabies? Like they were like bringing it to their custom guy mm-hmm. before, before it got cheap. Cause I think whatever his connect was, they were shipping it and it was like authentic, but then eventually it got cheap and he had to go a different route. Well, think about it. They did it. <laughs> Iron Man talks about the wallabies a little bit. And then don't forget the Woolwear, the Woolwear single out there. They literally did a clothing single. And people, and then they, in the and then the video, and they showed off the Woolwear clothes, and people started buying it. I remember like freshman year in college, you know, you know, I had Woolwear, I had Woo stuff. It wasn't Woolwear particularly in high school. I had the shirts, right. I had the hoodie. Yep. But when we got to college, people were buying Woolwear, you know, and they ran yes. camo. They brought they made camo cool again. Yeah, you know, in this country, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't wear camo back in the day because they're like, "We going to war?" Nah, these guys, <laughs> wool shirt, camo, and some Tims or whatever shoes you want, <laughs> you were good to go at that point. I mean, uh, I've seen them in concert a few times, and man, right. I can tell you, a wool concert, it's it's a it's a sports event. You know, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I saw them at the um, the House of Blues, I think as a whole clan after ODB passed. So every member was there. I was there. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that was that was a tight show. I, I I remember like they did like a tribute track to ODB, of course, but um it was it was it was nice to see all them in presence. Cause growing up in high school, like or even college for that matter, like if Wu was on the bill, you didn't know if you would get one or two or even three of the members or even the core members, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sometimes you get the Wu affiliates. But you know, yeah, you had Grave Diggers out there. You had Sons right. of Man. You had Kill Army out there. Yeah, you had. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, you had a lot of different, you know, affiliates out there, and everybody had their sound. I mean, it's cool because they they birthed other MCs at that point. A lot of people were in that group in the background, like you know, a lot of people always want Red Man to be part of the clan. He pseudo became a member of the clan toward the you know toward the last couple of hours. They kind of put him on a lot of tracks. Right. You know, in a better tomorrow and on, on that on that vinyl. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's you know, it, it's incredible. I mean, you think about like like I'm still thinking about man, my one of my first leather jacket was a was a woolwear jacket. What? Yeah, I had a woolwear oh, jacket, man. This and, one you showed me yeah, right here. Yeah, I had, I had that navy blue one, man, with the with the red trim on it and the woolwear oh. in the back. Did you have it in college? I'm trying to remember. I did, had it in college. Yes. I had it in college, man, with the wallabies and everything, man. Oh, you know, yeah, man. Yeah, I had, the, I had the navy blue wallabies, man. And I, you know, it was it was hot, man. You know, you think about how far we come in, in the in the Woo Chronicles, to be honest with you. Yeah, man. I mean, it's there was a lot of good music out back then, but these guys always ended up in rotation. I mean, you know, Bill for Cuban Links, you had the Pretty Tony album. I remember Shay Shay the Ghost came out, the guy was wearing the bathrobe. You were like, man, this is sick. Look at Ghost, man, wearing the robe. I mean, I think to me. To me, I think, you know, when it all came 360 for them is Triumph. That Triumph video, which is like, yes. I remember when it debuted, I think Puffy was still wearing, you know, still wearing shiny suits at that time. <laughs> and and Triumph appeared that summer, man, the summer of the summer of 97 it appeared. And right. people didn't know what to do because, you know, you're watching this, they're talking about the killer bees. And man, it was, you know, he was about bum atomically. And you, you started looking like, yeah, wow, yeah, what yeah. is this? Socrates philosophy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they just, man, you know, th- those are some of the most evil verses you ever hear come out of MC's mouth. You know, I agree. Definitely- I agree. They're spitting straight fire. I mean, to call them a boy band is definitely underselling them. I mean, they're they're essentially hip hop superheroes. I mean, 
we'll probably talk about Griselda on another episode. And <laughs> even Raekwon tries to give love to them to say, you know, they're, they're continuing the torch, but I don't, I don't really hold them in the same regard, you know, as the boot movement. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't done enough yet. You know, I, yeah. you know, you know, I like Benny. I like Benny the Butcher. You know, I was looking at their gear, you know, that craft of Paris and everything like that is right, man, right. sick when you think about it. But, you know, it's, it's just, man, it's a different type. It's that, you know, it's that Buffalo, New York versus that, you know, that Brooklyn and that Brooklyn, yeah. Harlem. Staten Island, yeah. Staten, Bed-Stuy. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of influences there. I agree. So um, to get back to the hip hop superhero thing, like I know we're going to talk about like the films and the samples and, you know, obviously most of their names are derived from, you know, Kung Fu flicks. But when you bring up Triumph, it also makes me think about they also were identifying themselves like with superheroes, right? Because Inspector Deck being Spider-Man and Meth being um, Ghost Rider, obviously, you know, Ghostface uh, is <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was just it was just amazing because I mean, even to this day, rappers and MCs are calling themselves gods, and the Wu are also no exception too. But you know, to even leap beyond that to kind of kind of call themselves superheroes or you know, like totally assume the identity of something that some cats might even like feel like they have no right to even like assume the identity, but you know, they just they just had the confidence and the gravitas to kind of like you know grab a hold of it so like what every every woo member almost had like their almost kung fu flick kind of based on them right i mean mm -hmm. you're talking about like what like the, the jizza was he um i know i know his record uh cover like was definitely have heavily like you know anime slash like you know kung fu flick based but mm -hmm. His his more goes more to that lone wolf and cub uh, tradition because you know like right. when, they, when they when they open up lone wolf and cub you know yeah yeah my father was it my father was the greatest samurai as, as a kid <laughs> you know you first hear that and you hear that the way that thing starts up man and you like you know I had saw the movie I saw the movie back like man in the eighties right when I was a kid I saw it on uh, channel, in Chicago we had a channel called Channel sixty six was Kung Fu Sunday and I remember watching uh, Shogun Assassin and I'm like. And when the first time I heard it, I was jumping up and down like a schoolgirl because I'm like, man, you hear this? That's so good to say it. You know, you listening to it, you're like, wow, they sampled and made it hot. It's almost like they made a, a great movie. A movie, in my opinion, is great, an uh, even better movie because they, they brought that culture to the, you know, back to us in a way that we didn't even expect it, you know, because, yeah, yeah I mean, I think the Jizz is more like, he's more like that Shogun. If you think about his persona, he's in the right. background, he's got the heavy weapon. He's waiting to cut your head off, basically. You know, he's the you know, he's protecting the kingdom all the time. The Jizz is like in the background waiting to swing that when we see swing that sword. And he's okay, always talking about yeah. the unchoppable. You know, he always talks about yes. the, you know, I mean the way the way he he rhymes like a shogun, like a samurai. So you know, you listen to Liquid Swords, you hear it. And Liquid Swords, the whole entire feature, man, you're like, wow. I mean, he went into that whole shogun persona. Damn. So I'm also thinking about like there's a lot of obvious ones too. Like obviously the Riza um saw himself as the Abbott. I'm trying to think, was it like an Abbott uh like was there an Abbott film or just I would imagine the Abbott character kind of like it's was Abbott, it's Abbott character pretty much. He right. appears in a couple of Shaw Brothers movies. And you know, you think about the Abbott, the Abbott is like this, he's like this wise like man who's a kung fu master that teaches other people 
So the Ab is more, yeah. he's the orchestrator of everything. He's the person that puts it all together. So that's what the yeah. RZA is. The RZA is the, he's the, he's the train director at this point. <clears throat> you know, he makes everything flow. You know, even when it doesn't fit, he makes it fit. I feel you, I feel you on that. And then obviously Ghostface Killer, you know, that's probably based on, I don't know if there's like a Ghostface Killer film, but obviously there's probably like a character based that's on- a character, That's a character, Ghostface Killer. Uh, he, he comes out the Shaw Brothers universe too. And um, you know they they talk about him in all the movies, man. <laughs> it's like right. in all in all the movies they talk about the ghost face killer, man. And it's like you know it's it's pretty cool, like you know how they get into it. And Shaw Brother basically, there you go. So this guy, man, you know you know Mark Long, man, you know it's an American guy, you know to tend to be you know Asian descent. Right. You know, he's the ghost face killer, pretty much. And like uh, I said, the hidden dragon. It's pretty cool. And, um, you know, you, you see it. The reason he's a ghost face killer is because, one, I think they're trying to make a play on the Western, the whole Western influence of this movie. Right. You know, it's a Westerner playing the Asian guy. So it's the ghost face killer. So, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of cool, basically. But, man. like, yeah, it, it's pretty nice. You think about it. I mean, the movie, the reason, the reason it's so, it's so toast to the ghost's character is because this guy, he's got the best, he's got the best robes. He's got the hair. He's got these eyebrows that are like like immaculate. <laughs> he, he stares at you in the pictures, man. It's like, and then he's got all ladies, and he's always smiling like ghosts. You think about yes. that? Yes. So, so the guy is pure comedy, pretty much. So, I mean, Ghostface is one of those artists. He can't almost take himself serious because he's having a good time with it in that situation. He sure you know, is. Um, and you know the re that's why the Ghostface Killer fits him so good. I mean, he, you know, he fits in really well with that persona. Speaking of um, personas, so like, obviously, everyone knows, or most people know about the mythology about him keeping the mask on for a minute, like you know, just like performing, not even showing his face. Mm -hmm. You know, shout out to like MF Doom and all them cats <laughs> for show that you know actually continue with the persona, but like. You know, uh, Tony Stark's pretty Tony. He's not going to be masked up. He, he he held it up for a bit, but he admitted, like, you know, he needed to take it off. And I, for obvious reasons, because, you know, he definitely is a show-and-tell type of guy. Definitely Mr. Fancy, for sure. Never, 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 never to be outdone. My, my wife constantly jokes, like, every time you see Ghostface, he has to be, like, like um, immaculate with the clothes. Like, he's got to come correct. He's not. He's not gonna come. <laughs> he's not gonna come bummy as hell. You know. He's gonna. He's gonna come like, like hood rich. Yeah, I know the bad, the Versace bathrobe. You know, you think he's got the wallabies that have been dipped four different ways. <laughs> I mean, you know, I remember he had the golden arm. He had. The, he had. The, he had yeah. the eagle pretty much on the, the hall yes. pretty much on the golden arm. Right. Right. I mean, uh, the jewelry game was always sick. You right with the mask and stuff, man. You know, it's like and then he's got that that new look as he got older in life. He's got that evil uncle look, man, right now. Where he's like he's like staring at you with the beard and everything, you know. And he's you know he's like looking at you like I know something you don't know. And so yep. I mean, yeah, ghost ghost is legendary, man. I still remember on Supreme clientele, man. He just went, ooh, he just went off on Supreme clientele. A lot of people, oh. a lot of people don't appreciate Supreme Dude. clientele. Bro, I, I know I want to revisit. I want to come back to the the Wu um, films and the Shaw Brothers and all that. But like the Supreme Clientele mm -hmm. album, that was a monumental thing for me, for, for Wu, because obviously, you know, Wu-Tang Forever, that's an important touchstone. Mm -hmm. 
and every clan member had their own album and master killer finally you know was the last one he finally got his own solo due as well but i felt like when supreme client Soul came out i felt like he was the one who kind of saved the woo not that they were fading but they weren't as i guess prominent or relevant and like most people at the time would either argue like the best member or the best lyrical member was method man or jizza obviously but ghost was like I don't know. He was like the sixth man, the glue, like the one that always was consistent and kind of, you know, with that album, I also, I also like going off a little tangent. Like I think every woo member had at least one classic album that can be mm-hmm. argued as a classic, but Ghostface had more than one. And obviously, you know, the um, Iron Man and the the Supreme client tell, you know, the ones that I'm thinking about, but. Well, you could, you could even throw pretty Tony into that a little bit. I mean, yeah, because yeah. I mean, Pretty Tony's different, but Supreme Clientele is, is man, it's vicious. You know, he, he was on a mission there. I mean, you know, it's, I say Ghost, Ghost, got, Ghost got three, got at least two classics right now. Right, right. You know, uh, the reason, if you want to count Bobby Digital, right. and, and Bobby <laughs> Digital is like, man, you know. It's it's different. I remember I first heard domestic violence on that on that on the Bible. Oh digital. man, dude. I was that like, was like before Eminem, you know, yeah. like him days, bro. He was he was he was stand before stand. You think about oh, it. I mean, <laughs> angry, angry Rizza at that point. Taking me back. Dude, like um, there was never a Bobby Digital album, but there was so much mythos behind that album. And I thought that album was great, by the way. Like mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there was some, I think, music videos he shot, and he was all decked out in his Bobby Digital gear. And again, looking like a superhero, like a Wu-created superhero. Mm-hmm. But there was never a film released, I don't think. Nah, it, I thought there was going to be a film. I remember when I first bought Bobby Digital, I was waiting for this movie to show up. I think the rest yep. was putting his feet into, like, the Hollywood scene at that yes. point in time. Yeah, yeah. Because Bobby Digital, if you think about it, it's like a, it's like a Tarantino hip-hop album. Yes, all these different personas and all these different styles and how he's feeling and you know and he goes into that bobby persona so so you know bobby was a breakaway from the whole like martial arts thing he went into like this 70s like mentality pretty much bobby digital something out the 70s it's the older dude with the cigarette digging in his mouth working on the car that's bobby digital who happens happens to work with vinyl all day But also has like some bulletproof ro- robotic futuristic armor. But yeah, definitely yeah. wrapped in that. And a, a do rag, there's uh, Teflon. <laughs> Man, I mean, like every album arguably was a film onto itself. Like obviously, Liquid Swords, definitely Bobby Digital. I mean, you're talking about Only Built for Cuban Links. That's definitely my favorite Wu album of all time. And that album right there, there was like Wu karate click, karate flick like samples, but the the more dominating like mythos behind that was obviously the Wu Gambinos and like you know like obviously every rapper at some point act, acts like they're in the mafia but I felt like they 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 have so much imagery that you know you believe them when they're saying it like it doesn't feel like it's a it's an act it doesn't feel like it's a trend like they're definitely storytellers and they're like painting like you know canvases with their words well, think well. Think about think about think about the just the just uh, you know uh, watch your you know you talk about watch your back because I got you know I got to watch my front I got to watch my back. You think about yes. fresh. Yeah, he created man. the whole imagery for fresh pretty much on on liquid swords. 
Right. And that movie fit that movie, uh, you know, the fresh soundtrack, you know, had yep. that jizzard track on there. Yep. And that's also on Liquid Source. You know, yes. he pretty much they pretty much started going into like Hollywood a bit. They started like it got to the point where they started like leveling up. You know what I mean? They became the voice of like urban America at that point. Right. I mean, what they did, what he did with Fresh is awesome. That whole soundtrack, you figure that would have been a Nas joint, but no, that's the Jizza in yep. the background. You know, with the RZA production, it's ridiculous. I mean, that you know, Fresh, Fresh is so much part of the Wu Tang culture if you think about it. It's the you know you got you got the whole Brooklyn thing going on. You got the boroughs, you know. You got you got this kid trying to hustle, and if you know anything about Wu, that's what they started off doing. You know, they were hustling. They became musicians at that point. Dude, man, like you're going through all my hip hop imagery and memories. Like I actually nicknamed one of my cousins Fresh just because I felt like he was the youngest one in our crew, and I felt like. You know, you got to watch out for him because he he would pull a fresh on us if we weren't, you know, if we weren't uh, paying attention to him. But um, I think even like to go off on another bit of a tangent, I think there was a sample from that movie that um, Big Punisher used for um, one of his films. And uh, oh no, I'm sorry, one of his albums from well, Capital yeah. Punishment. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think I think what you're saying is like dead on. It's like not only were they leading the culture and they were part of it, but they were definitely like the voice, the voice of the culture for sure. You know, as far as hip hop goes. Yeah. You could, capital, you're right. Capital punishment has a lot. It's, it's got that New York, like nineties vibe to it. Then it yep. goes into the millennium. Right. But that's also, the, that's also the influence, what you get from the ghosts, you yes. get from, you know, fat Joe got a lot yep. of his influence from their style, oh, you know, sure. Dunn Cartagena, you know, if you look at Dunn Cartagena, you're thinking, you're, you're thinking Ghostface almost a certain <laughs> level because, you know, the, the persona, you know, like, man, Tony, you know, the, the Tony persona, man, you know, if you think about it. Right. I mean, um, I mean, you can see a lot of influence on all different boroughs, man. You see the guys, you see the guys, Timberlands, then you see the jeans, you see the button ups. You know, you see the chains and everything like that. I mean, the Wu pretty much was like the blueprint for these for a lot of these rappers, man. A lot of these groups. Look at Terror Squad. Terror Squad. There's if there's no Wu, is there a Terror Squad? Probably not at this point. <laughs> no, you know? definitely not. Um, so yeah, I mean, like to kind of circle back on some of the other unsung heroes, like Inspector Deck, and You God, and Master Killer. Like I think those were all like solo films too, like in the the karate mm -hmm. film universe too, right? Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, you got, you know, you got the man's golden arms and you think about right, that. Right, and then, right. you know, you got Master Killer is one of the one of the assassins from one of the movies. Then you get yep. into Spectre Deck. You know, that persona, I've seen that in a couple of movies. You know, like every movie's got that guy. He's like one step ahead of everybody. You know, he he's not like a he's not the main character out there, but he's in the background doing stuff. You know what I mean? Inspector Deck to me, the most underrated Wu member. Yes. Because He's like glue, you know. It's yeah. like he's that person you stick, you throw something at it, it sticks to the wall. You throw it at some people, it, it falls off the wall. Like you know, like like Method's role is Method's more like he's a visual artist. He's one of those artists that you put you, you put Clifford out there, you let him rap, <laughs> ladies go crazy. You got you got Capadonna. You forgot about Capadonna in the background. Uh, thank you, thank you. You know you got Cap in the background. I still remember what they did with ice cream. Man. And you think like you know you got Method just doing a hook, and then Capadonna comes out of nowhere in that video and steals the video, and you know 
you might, you know, I wonder what you thought stole that video, but man, his flow was just infectious on that one. Are you talking about Cap? Yeah, Cap, man. Bro, man, I mean, like, real talk, like, one of my close guys that I collaborate on music with, he clowns Capadonna nonstop, and he's not the biggest woo head like I am, but I... I, I, I definitely disagree. Like, I feel like Cabadonna, not only were both of his albums really great. I mean, he's had a whole bunch of other ones too, but the first two I thought were really solid. But I thought them welcoming him as an official member, like that just, mm-hmm. that spoke volumes to like what he was, how how much, you know, how worthy he was of the the Wu, the Wu family, so to speak. Well, he solidified on Ice Cream. He came on yeah. Ice Cream and don't forget, like he's on, you know, he's on the Ghostface album. Right. That chemistry with him and Ghost is incredible. Because these guys, you know, him and Ghost, they got these two personas. You know, yes. they want to be ladies, man, at the same time, they want to be the guy to MC on every track. <laughs> and you listen to this, and then, or, or, or then you go from guy to MC, ladies, man, to I'm telling the street story. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I mean, you get into that, and you also get into how Kappa works with Ray. It's really cool. Right. How, they, how they plug with each other. Him and Ray, they got really nice chemistry. No, agreed. Yeah, like obviously Kappa's in the front of the uh, the Iron Man album, mm-hmm. and um, the Winter Wars song off that uh-huh. album was also like yeah. on the um, what was that soundtrack? Don't be a menace to South Central. Menace. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in the hood. Yeah, yeah, that song, like that verse. I saw Capadonna actually perform, and you know that was like his final like drop the mic moment. Whenever he would bust out that verse from Winter Wars, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like he's definitely the essence of of the Wu too. You know, like a lot of them have kind of gone on to bigger and better things. Whether you got you know method acting and RZA, obviously just leveling up in Hollywood all gen all in general. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, Capadonna is definitely one of the members. That's definitely um, I don't know if modest is the right word, but you know, still still in probably like the same type of um, same type of strife and struggle that you know the Wu was kind of coming up on. Yeah, you think about what he represented. He represented that wallaby culture too. Because he yeah. was, you know, on that on that Iron Man couple, man, when they're dipping the wallabies, and you're like, how do I get these shoes and these colors? You know, you looking at the album cover. I mean, he made that whole thing cool. I mean, the, you know, the guy had a knit hat on. Uh, he had on a he had, <laughs> you know, he, he had on a um, a Tommy Hilfiger jacket. You know, he's right. like, he was a big Tommy addict. Yep, you think yep, about it, and you sure. know they just held it down. I mean, with these guys, you're talking like that's the jean shorts and Air Force One universe, and they make Air Force Ones cool again and dunks. You know, these guys were ahead of their time. You know, big time in terms of fashion and everything. I would say like Kappa's Kappa's that sleeper beast in the group. Yep, he did a lot of work in the background, <laughs> and you know I think he probably helped a lot of guys write and finish their verses because yeah, because the way he cut the Winter Wars, man. That was a that was a surgical attack, you know. He started off with the knife and he just took the knife and he, he, he took it through. And that beat is that beat that, that beat is sick. It's like a three sixty. That beat is that beat is almost. It's got that assassination like feel to it. Yes, they're coming to kill you. That's what that's Man. like. Yeah. Man, yeah, and to kind of come back again to the you know the 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 kung fu like influences like it was o- always grimy. It was always like not polished i remember like there was some um urban legends about like how the rizza made some of the beats and like enter the 36 chambers like just purposely um i don't know like hitting like broken drums together just to get like the sound that he wanted you know just like 
it always had that like layer of dirt to it. And I, I, I'm, I'm equated to like, like the karate flicks that we've all seen growing up is like, by the time you got it, whether you got it, wherever you got it from, cause you weren't streaming it online, obviously, like mm-hmm. it was probably mm-hmm. not in the cleanest state by the time you got it, whether it was dubbed over or, you know, just like in pixelated quality or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was incredible to get like you know back then you know we're talking CDs or we're talking yeah. copies of CDs at that yes, point. Yes, I remember like you know one of the first ones I bought was Takal, and you know Takal basically, I think that was on I think that was on Sony's label for for Wu Tang pretty much, and you know it wasn't on Geffen like the the Jizz that was on Geffen, right. and right. Um, you know like the Takal album man you know you get it you know it was a modest looking CD. You had the upside down Wu Tang with the, the the sunlight cracking through the Wu crest, because you know, like, I guess it, it fits Method. Wait, Method is the upside down member of the clan. If you think about it, he is he he's still that dude, but his his right. delivery his delivery is like he's the hook master. He has the yes. best hooks ever. You hear the guy in the background setting the scene. He's the dealer. He sets the scene, and then other <laughs> guys come in and destroy you, basically, pretty much, because you're you're worried about Method. You know, like Medford Chef to me is like the one track where where you saw him go. I can hold my own with these guys, and I'm right. just as good as you know. You need to recognize I'm 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 M A T H O D at this point, and you know Chef, you know Chef Raekwon, man, was heating them up, but Meth is coming right back. I mean, I remember like that track was sick. Release your death. That's yep. the greatest fight intro I ever seen, man. That video. <laughs> You hear that going, you see somebody going to the ring and, you know, hear that chick in the background with the R&B hook they always laugh about. And she killed the R&B hook, basically. You know, she told me they were petrified. You know, this, you know, I'm like, wow. You hear that song. I remember hearing it in basketball. You want, you want to go out there and dunk somebody. You hear it. I mean, <laughs> who had the best basketball hype music ever? You know, let me ask oh, you. Oh, man. That's I mean, what's up. That's what's up. I'm trying to think, like, who was singing on Release Your Duff if that was um raspberry because he they usually, would, they usually would yeah collab with her and she definitely was kind of like their go-to you know like soul singer and oh yeah she was she was out there man i think i yeah. think that i think that was raspberry you know like mm-hmm. you know like um but man i mean her style man was yep. just ridiculous because yep. she got that she got that glory gainer like style and you think about it that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me I would survive, you know, with yep. that with that razor's edge to it, that Carlton Fisk, you know. Yep. That's what's so nice about the woo in that situation is that, you know, you could feel it. Like I remember, I remember like with Matthew, it was he was trying to shock you. The more disturbing he was in pictures, you right. know, it'd be Matthew biting the blunt with fangs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I remember two cow, I mean to cow two thousand, he had like the he had the metal teeth. I mean, Matthew is one of those people. He wants to be so disturbing looking when he was when he was a young artist that he wants. Yes. You know, he he's Tyler the Creator before Tyler the Creator. Think about it, because Matthew right. Matthew was trying to disturb you, trying to let you know that there's something wrong. But I'm real talented, you know, and you're gonna <laughs> like it or not. You know, like um, yeah, he, man, it's one of my favorite ones, man, up there. And then you look at um. I mean, you want to you want to go down the the Wu, the Wu line right now? I would have to say we haven't even talked for, uh, built for Cuban links. I mean, you get into the ooh man, you get into man. you got you got cream, you got the part two the cream on that. 
Yep. You got um, oh man, I mean Cuban links. Ooh, I don't know what I can say about the glaciers of ice, which became wow. like the synonymous party song. <laughs> <laughs> There's like so many like iconic songs on that album, and not only to underline, you know, the um the kung fu uh kung fu culture, but like you know, the Wu Gambino cult Gambino culture um just everything like when you're talking about raspberry I, I was thinking about there was a track on there that she she was kind of singing like Gloria Gaynor off of just it didn't even seem like it was a beat it was almost just like a, a sound of like a wind whooshing mm-hmm. and then eventually like Raekwon came in you know with his with his verse and it was like every song was just a piece of art you know when when Wu mm-hmm. was done the right way and it connected like each song spoke to the next song like i remember like ghost and ray were talking about i forget i think they flew to like florida or somewhere because they wanted to actually emulate the Wu gambino like mythos in their head so they mm-hmm. had to like you know like physically take themselves out of new york and bring them to somewhere else to kind of like you know get their mind in you know the mm-hmm. the way to write for that album Oh, that's sick. When they talk about we gotta yeah. get away, we gotta do bigger and better things. Yeah. We gotta yeah. keep moving. As long as you keep, you know, as long as you, you know, as long as you keep the trust and love there. You keep, yeah. you know, like, you know, the way the way that album, you know, the opening track for the album, man, sets the table, you know, pretty much for where they're going with things. I mean, that that's a vicious album, you know, and people always go like, what's so nice about it? I mean, everything, everything about that album is sick, man. I mean. Like, you know, one article, it's talking about it's a classic gangster rap album. I disagree. Yep. There's nothing, you know, that album's a classic life album. You know, yep. Cuban, Cuban yep. Links, when he breaks it down, you know, you go into that. It, it's mafia, it's mafia inspired, but it's mafia told differently or whatever. It's more elegant than, than a mafia yes. flick, to be honest with you, because, you know, Cuban Links is, man, that was, that was my basketball music that was my going to a game music you know i get i get into verbal intercourse you got Nas spitting on verbal intercourse and he was so man Nas was so hungry on that track because you can see that ray made him step his game up yep Nas always don't bring his a game but he got on there with ray it was like i gotta show this guy that i could kill this beat i mean Nas verbal intercourse is one of his greatest his, his greatest verses ever let me ask what you you know, because he was he was in tune because of, you know it take it take a better rapper to make you be a rapper at that point. You know, to be honest with you, yeah, man. And to riff on that a bit, like because like 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 you're talking about the Wu was the culture; they were the voice of hip hop at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would feel arguably, and the RZA would set up a safe space, but a killer space too, where they all had to like sharpen each other up. You know, like. Like mm-hmm. one person would have to like, they were talking about spitting darts, you know, spitting verses and one mm-hmm. would have to like outdo the other one, but not in like a derogatory way or like a shaming way, almost like a, you know, like a boxer way. Right. And um, you have a Nas feature on that album, but they, they, they probably could have like had so many features on some of these albums at the time. But again, Rizzo just went back to the well. Rizzo was like, like we got uh, a, a slew of MCs here, you know, mm-hmm. nine or so that can outdo anybody just because of the um the type of you know um verbal intercourse that he built with everybody you know so it's just it's just amazing that i mean people talk about you bring out basketball a lot like people talk about you know the bulls of course and you know jordan feeling like you know he built 
better players around him. I felt like that's what the RZA was to um, to hip hop. You know, like everybody just became better just being in each other's presence. Well, he's he's more like that Phil Jackson influence. You think about yeah. it. He's yeah. the Zen master of the clan. Yes. You think about it because right, uh, right. Think about you put you put Bill for Cuban links out there, and you throw you throw Ghost on there, who's hungry, but he's not ready to do his own album at that point. Yep. So Ghost, he groomed Ghost on uh, Cuban links, you know, for uh, you know, basically for the you know for the Daytona album. You think about it. Yep. I mean, he got him ready because you know by going on there, that was his sparring session. He sparred with Ray. Because, you know, what they did on criminal, you know, criminology and everything like that is incredible. I mean, you listen to, you know, I'd be in the car sometimes riding and listening to uh, Cuban links, and you'd be in the car like, wow. And then last, and then a couple of years ago, we got Cuban links too. And I was like, man, you know, that, man, that, 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 that ASON, you know, that ASON track on there, man, on Cuban link, on Cuban right. links too, when uh, he started talking about dirty. That's uh, Asan Jones. That is one of the best tracks that, yeah. you know, you could feel, you could feel that love and that energy. He's been gone for a minute, but the way, the way he was talking about dirty was incredible. And we haven't even got there yet. You know, that piece, that artist, man, it's just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, like you're right. They made better MCs out of that group. Everybody in that group went solo and their solo albums did well and people respect them and they play them today. Yeah, you know, um, when you're talking about Jizza being on Geffen and, you know, Meth on Def Jam and whatnot, like yeah. Rizza had an idea in the Wu manual. I remember I had it, I owned it, I read it. Like basically, like he's not sure if he did it the right way, but he felt like every Wu member should be on a different label. That was his vision. So he felt like he wanted to take over the music industry like that. He said in retrospect, he felt like maybe it would have been more powerful if everybody stayed on the same label you know, mm -hmm. maybe on loud or something like that. And then just, you know, it wouldn't have watered it down from like um, a capital perspective. But um, I mean, you know, th to go back to ODB, like <laughs> I remember Kanye said once, like he'd give up like his, one of his testicles just to even sound like ODB on a track. Cause you know, mm -hmm. he just had that, that like obscure delivery. No son, no son to his style, the drunken master style. Yeah, you think about Ordered the old kung fu movies, the, the drunken master who sits in town, basically, who's matches like four different fight styles because ODB had different personas, you know. Yes. You know, there's Asa, that's ODB, that's Osiris, you know. <laughs> Big Baby and Jesus. Big Baby Jesus. Big Baby Jesus is, is what we got with Mariah Carey, I got to say. <laughs> I mean, because, uh, yeah, you got to think about it. I mean, he was, man, you know, the guy could put on a pair of glasses, and pretend like the world is great or just he was just there and he was hilarious if you think about it and you know man you know i i think about man when you, th when you think about what he did uh, you think about what he did pretty much on that on that debut album man oh my mm -hmm. god man that brooklyn zoo man <laughs> you know <laughs> that brooklyn zoo sound man you like oh my god you know it's just Rawhide was on there with Method. Yep. I mean, they were just killing. I was, I, I was listening, I was listening to his imagery the other day in the car. I would think I was driving toward Evanston uh, to pick up something. Right. And I was listening to it, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "You listening to like how smart he was?" I mean, man, you know, such a great album, man. I mean, that album got me through 
man, that helped get me through like junior in high school, senior in yeah. high school, whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it was phenomenal, man. I mean, you know, you think about, you think of like, I remember the first time I saw that shimmy shimmy ya video. <laughs> and I was sitting there, I was in shock. This can't be hip hop. But he delivered it. And you got that Dolomite style to it. Yeah. He was doing the Soul Train line. You got the you got the platform shoes on. You're like, whoa. Was it um off the second album, which actually was a decent album? Um, wasn't there like a like a dolomite influence and in some of the mm-hmm. the clips that was used for that? Yeah. Hey dirty. Oh yeah, with the one with hey, a police. Dirty. On it, right? Yeah, with the, yeah, the yeah. police and everything. Right. Yeah. Spitting song, hey dirty, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I think that uh yeah, he, he was he was vicious, man. I remember that uh that drunk master man was sick, stump. Too, that's a hard track for two men to swing through. He said, baby, 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 come on. Nice. You, you hear him on that. I mean, the, the imagery, the, the hip to the hopper was cool because that yep. was just hip, hip to the hopper had that 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 uh that grand poobah like sound to it. Yep. That's straight New York, and that's New York standing on the corner, just making up something, just going at it, just freestyling off the dome, pretty much. I mean, um, I don't want to peel back too much of the layers to kind of like take a lot of his brilliance away, but like I I remember like seeing that one MTV documentary when he finally got out of jail and he barely could write anything. And you know, I think he was Dirt McGirt at that time. Like, (laughs) what was it like? Rockefeller was trying to get him, and. I don't know, man. It was, he was like a shell of his former self, but I mean, it's just, I bring that all up because like, I remember when he, when he died, like a lot of the, um, a lot of the music cats that passed away probably didn't do anything to me, but like when that ODB death happened, like I felt like the heart and soul of the woo kind of left. And, you know, I mean, obviously he had a style unlike none of them, and he was willing to go different ways that they probably wouldn't have gone but um yeah he just he just brought he just brought layers he brought magic he brought craziness he brought it all big big baby jesus more like like uh big baby mama jesus like how many kids he got uh he got a squad man you know he got he got a team oh yo wasn't did you see like when they were performing their last tour like a year or so ago before covid like i think his son was um actually um imitating ODB in like in like a dope way too like mm-hmm. some of the shows that they were doing I forget oh, he what was he was spot on with it basically yeah, I mean yeah. it's like it's always been interesting because man you know that album got released the day before my birthday before my 16th birthday okay and uh man it's crazy you think about it that was like a birthday gift to myself it came out yeah. I remember that, that came out and I bought it the same day because I'm like I'm buying this for my birthday I mean right and you know, on ODB, man, you know, it's always, it, to me, he's always been that Aries artist. I always want to always joke about because, <laughs> what you know, is every, that? yeah, I mean, you know, it dropped, you know, it dropped on March 28th, ah. you know, and then you think about like, they go 20 years into that album, like recently, right. the, no, 20, 25 years of the album, they release it again on March 29th for this year. That's my birthday. They released on oh. my birthday, the, uh, the re-release of 36 Chambers. They brought yeah, it man. back again. Just right. like they did with uh, Cuban Links, is now I got the purple vinyl, you know, which is I got that. That's awesome. I mean, um, yes, I was sir. I would say like purple tape. These guys made me. Uh, these guys got me definitely. I mean, years later they brought me back into vinyl because I went out there and started buying their albums in vinyl. I mean, I got every right. album in vinyl right now. 
No way, for real? I got all the Wu albums in vinyl, man. I went out and I, I, I got every album. I mean, I got the original Into the, Into the Wu-Tang, uh, 36 Chambers. Uh, I went out and found that. I got the cow. I got Cuban links. Yes. Yeah. I got Cuban links too. I got Emma Valerity, which basically some people don't want to act like existed, but it did. <laughs> Liquid Swords. Liquid Swords. I got several covers of Liquid Swords. I got the Marvel edition with oh, Iron man. man, you know, pretty much on the cover. Right. I mean, you know, it just, I mean, you know, <sighs> ODB, man, you think about it. I mean, it's, you know, his, yeah, you're right. His impact is the heart and soul of the group, man. You know, he took the heart and soul out. And they could they had a hard time figuring it out, you know, in that situation. I think and you know, everybody grew up too. You know, everybody went yeah. down different paths, you know. Right. What are you hoping right now? If they all come back at some point, you know, give us that shot because you know, they they've had they had some decent albums recently. I mean, it's just the problem is that music is so weird today, where yeah. you know, if you ain't talking about lean or something like that and you know, if you ain't talking about, you know, if you ain't rapping like Future, if you ain't, you don't sound like, you know, you know Chief Keef, or you don't sound like King Von or somebody, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like the world changed. Their style still is, is timeless, though. You right. think about it, it's very timeless because, you know, like if you saw with the Wu Tang documentary that uh, that new TV show, you know. Right. Uh, to see oh, the Showtime, the Showtime show, right? Showtime show is awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. The Wu Tang Saga, yeah. The no, Wu Tang Saga is awesome. You know, like, um, <sighs> you know, I still say the W is the is the most underrated album out there. Dude, man, yeah. Like when you're talking about driving and listening to the Wu, like that's probably like I, I heard um, some people when they feel like they have a great album, it's like an album that you can just like lay down on the floor in the living room and just like listen to it back to back nonstop, even like on a vinyl or whatever. Like for me, I equate that to like just driving in cold weather and just like listening to the woo, just like listening to all the vision, you know, the visuals kind of like, like unfold in, in my car. And yeah, it was straight up driving music for sure. But like, you know, like <laughs> other, other, other people have different ideas of like driving music when they like, you know, just want to like, blare out their speakers and, you know, break their speakers and, you know, cause ruckus in the, in the neighborhood. But I, I think about it a little differently. No, it's definitely driving music, man. I, I remember like, I, I remember riding around, listen, you know, even like recently, listen to that Better Tomorrow. Yeah. That, that album, you know, and that was, that was a break from, you know, from the Columbia sound or right. even the loud sound basically. The loud albums are, man, they're special, you know, and that's yes. just, you know, Columbia is pretty cool. I mean, they were still moving units like that. I mean, you know, Eight Diagrams, which is really a nice album, but the problem yep. was it came at a time when um, people didn't know if it was a real album or not. That was part of the issue, Eight Diagrams. Yes. Like, is this real? Is this, is this a bootleg? The cover, they didn't advertise it good enough to get the, to get the, to get it moving. It did, it did 200,000 units. But the difference is, you know, it just, it didn't move the way it wanted to move because... It, it was like an afterthought to be honest with you. Like even like Iron Flag, Iron Flag is pretty solid. I mean, I think that uh, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin is not bad, but you know, people don't buy albums anymore. So there's these streams yes. destroyed the culture to be honest with you because you know I still go out and buy the I go out and buy the vinyl because I like the music and stuff like that. But most people aren't doing that. You know, they're not even making stuff for the car no more they're trying to build playlists and most of those playlists you're missing classics at that point 
do you believe any of the um the hype around the martin screlly um like purchase and all that like him locking up that album and buying it and not like letting anybody listen to it not really. I think <laughs> not really. I, I think the RZA gave him probably the worst tracks he could find. <laughs> you know, I could I see the RZA saying, "Take this simp, you know, take this," and you know, it got locked up. I got the last Wu Tang album, <laughs> and you know, you look at it like not really. I mean, if these guys, you know, if they came if they came back today and decided to do it again, I mean, they'll be fine right now. I mean, yeah. um, I still remember that track, "Careful Click Click." You remember that one? Yes. Oh man, that had me crack it up. That is what this is a that's a sleeper hit. Uh Uzi the Pinky Rain was pretty cool. Um yeah. I mean Family Union is really good. People say it was nice with with, with uh with Red Man was very nice yeah. when the Wu Tang saga continues. Now they don't continue they don't consider that to be an album, which is really weird sometimes. It's more of a because everybody's not on there, you know, like um uh, I mean Wu Tang Saga Continues is a different sound almost all together. I got that album as well. It, I like it. I mean, I like any that any music I can get from them, I like at this point. You know, I you know, you gotta you gotta give your heroes roses when they're here. I mean I give them their flowers now. Opposed yeah, to I waiting agree. for something to happen post humans and then you all say, oh that person was tight. He was nice. <laughs> they when they're here. So you don't have to worry about when they're not here at this point. So you 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 touched on two things I wanted to bring up. One red man being like the unofficial woo member who a lot of like rap cats will swear that was in the Wu-Tang Clan. And, you know, I just think that's kind of hilarious because like obviously him and Mef kind of had their own duo thing going on and their How High movie off the off the strength of that song. Like the How High, How High song was just on the show soundtrack. And mm-hmm. off that, it just built like, you know, a whole like mythos between them two. <laughs> well, that was, that was Meth's energy. And yeah. then red matching it, and then the fact that meth always high, and red's always <laughs> high, and they got together, and that chemistry, ha ha! I remember the way, man, the way they were going at it on that track. That's two artists that were pretty much in their, they, they were in their prime, you know, on right. that on that song. That's the best, man. Method was spitting fire on the ha ha track. I mean, yep. he was everything was clicking. You could tell they had fun with that in the studio. You could tell when an artist is really having fun in the studio. That was one of those. That was one of those moments. You pay to be a fly on the wall to see that chemistry. Man. They were probably smoking a lot of something. Probably gas at that point, according to um, <laughs> you know, they 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 were doing uh, you know, they were doing some heavy drugs, man. You know, but it was right. awesome. You know, that collaboration. You can't beat that. You know, that situation. Yeah, man, and I think music is kind of weird like that, right? It's almost like the drug culture almost enhances the art right and I, I always think about this in my head like with sports and drugs and you know people like getting steroids to like smash homers out the park you know mm-hmm. it's not looked at the same way but it, it's it's kind of weird like how a different like um money making machine is like almost welcomes <laughs> welcomes the drug use to kind of enhance the music um so you're bringing up like uh saga continues like um that's important to me because not only was i think it was like the last album but mathematics um was a executive producer on there and he's the one who actually came up with the the woo logo mm-hmm. i mean you know he you know, you know, he he's he's so far in the, the root nostalgia to be honest yeah, with you in the in, in the whole history. 
It's just that a lot of people only see the rappers, they only see the artists sometimes, but the guys behind the scenes are doing a lot of work, man. I mean, you think like mathematics, man, you know, the logo, you know, the production, the history, preserving the history of the group. I mean, he's really responsible for keeping everything going a lot of times. I mean, because I think the RZA, the RZA mutated to a new species and, you know, his evolution meant that his sound was evolving Yep. And then it's just sound involved. I think the problem was they weren't involved quick enough around him. Right. And I think that, you know, I agree. he had to go, he had to get away for a while, go out to Hollywood, hook up with Tarantino. Yep. You know, get you know, kill Bill on kill Bill, acting cameos in different movies. Man with I mean, Iron that, Fist. Man with Iron Fist, Man with Iron Fist 2. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh Cutthroat City. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know. The Rizzo, the has got a very unique storytelling um, capability. You can see the hip hop influence in his movies because every movie's got this this really nice soundtrack, this this nice visual story. I mean, the Rizzo tells really good stories. You can tell that when they were writing these they were writing these tracks and they were working on music in the studio, like you said, before they were sharpening their tools. And this one the whole time had this visual thing going on. He wanted to be more visual than the rapper, which is cool. Because he's taking Wu to different heights right now. If you think yep. about it, he's taking their imagery to a height of storytelling right now. And you hope that it's a 360 one day when he brings them back into the fold. He's out in Hollywood. People would pay to hear these stories, or people would pay to let these guys tell stories to different people from the neighborhood and stuff like that. Bro. It'd be incredible at this point. You know, man. tell us about the guy at the bodega. Tell us Yo. about the weed, man. Tell us about Dude. that robbery, you know, that you can talk about. <laughs> so I, I've honestly, I've had this thought in my head for years. And I know I'm probably not the only one too, but before the Hamilton fandemonium came out, like I almost felt like it would be like super awesome if somehow can like RZA can make some type of live, like almost like Broadway-esque performance of the, um, of the Woo. And I would almost imagine it kind of similar to the Wu-Tang video game where it like almost mm -hmm. unveiled everybody piece by piece and just kind of like broke everybody apart and showed you the storytelling but um you know kind of like like told it in, in in a way that you can kind of latch onto it like obviously you got Jersey Boys and you got like a whole bunch of other like you know um Broadway shows that kind of like riff on rock but like I feel like Hamilton, as much as I love it, it's almost like a lighthearted version of hip hop. I, I would honestly wish there would be like some like woo, like um, showcase that would kind of get to the heart and soul of like the lyrics of, you know, some of the storytelling behind some of their lyrics. You could, you could do that. You could do that, to be honest with you. I mean, they did that a little bit. I don't know if you remember the movie Volcano High. Oh, um, oh. Volcano High debuted on MTV. So okay. there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there was a show in uh, South Korea, movie in South, right. South Korea called uh, Volcano High. Uh -huh. And basically they redid it for MTV with hip hop voices. And, what? you know, and the RZA and everybody's voices there, you get a production. Really? It's got this hip hop vibe to it. I've been searching for Volcano High for years. I never been able to find this movie to purchase. Okay. You know, I will pay somebody to send me this movie. I mean, I won't, I won't go to Ohio. I mean, if I have to take a VHS or or an old school DVD, I'll take it at this point. The movie, right. the movie with the hip hop voiceovers was awesome. And uh, the, the American version, you even had like you under three thousand is Kim Kim uh, Kim Young Soo. You had huh. Lil John is Jane Ryan. Uh, Jane really? Yeah, you had uh, Snoop Dogg is Sung Hagrim. 
Method Man is Mr. Ma. You had uh, Pat Morita was the Pat Morita was the voice of the principal. Big boy. Wait, wait, was this before he passed away? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the and the RZA did and the RZA did the production on this movie. It was sweet. So it was like it came out like seventeen. It's 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 a uh, it's a parody. It came out seventeen years ago. Okay. And I've never found this movie again. Huh. I've been searching for this movie. I mean, Damn. Volcano High is uh, it's up there, man. It's like if you can find this movie, please watch it. I mean, it, you know, like some people said, for the culture, it does yep. something for the culture. To be honest, which is pretty sweet. And Tracy Morgan's in there as Wu Ping. That's dope, man. Anything that brings back the culture in the right way. I, I also wanted to kind of briefly mention like the unsung heroes of the Wu. Obviously, we talked about you, God, Golden Arms, and Master Killer, like. The two things I was thinking about with you, God, was one, I brought the video game, right? I remember like the the lead track of the Wu-Tang video game was the 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 probably the best song on his album. His album was decent, you know, his his solo album. And then Master Killer, um, what was it? I was so happy when his No Said Date album finally came out. I, I really enjoyed it. But um, what is it? I think he's related to, what is it? I think Nat King and Marvin Gaye, like somewhere in his lineage. And, yeah, they're like distant cousins. Right. He always has that, like, I, I I don't know. like I know, like, Jizza brings, like, the ominous presence, but I feel like sometimes Master Killer kind of, um, he kind of brings, like, the weight to it, too, sometimes with, with his delivery when he shows up, I feel like. I mean, yeah, his, uh, it's his delivery. It's his time is impeccable. Yeah. He's one of those artists where he wastes his turn and he just goes out there and fires yes. pretty much. Right. I right. mean, he's not boisterous. Like, like Method, Method and Ray have to step to the front real quick. Yep. And then, you know, when it was ODB, it was ODB in the background. He's, you know, he's doing ODB things. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's like, he's like leveling up in the background <laughs> and you see him about to unleash on you. DBZ is like a, like a Kame Ken pretty much. If you think about the <laughs> DBZ culture, he's getting ready to shoot that fireball, that Kame Ken on you. <laughs> <laughs> you see him, you know, getting that spirit bomb ready for you, man. That's how ODB is. I mean, yeah, you know, he was a uh, man. His delivery. I mean, master, you know, master killer, man. So on, some because he could have had a couple albums out there. I think he sacrificed his solo career for the for the good of the group a lot yeah. of times. He gave his best material to their projects, opposed to keeping it for himself and going out being a solo artist because he was bigger than a solo artist. He's a group member. He's more of a he's he's a, he's somebody that sits on the bus and knows his role pretty much. And his role pretty much is to stand up on the bus when needed and destroy somebody and sit back down. So. <laughs> like a true master killer. And again, yeah. like I think there was like a, a master killer film mm -hmm. as well to go along with his um, identity. I I I was bringing up my cousin Fresh. I actually did the same thing with my wife. Like um, I, I called her noodles, like as, as in high school mm -hmm. growing up. Noodles. And I, I based that <laughs> off of like Master Killer because like that was one of his alter egos too. Uh -huh. um, you got, I, I feel like really bad about his story. Cause I think I know, I think what it like one of his kids died like um, during one of the albums. And, you know, he always felt kind of um, on the outskirts too, even though he had like a, a raw voice. I went to college with somebody actually Carl, and Mike Bake know him. He always felt like you God was like the best member. And I, I didn't really want to clown him for that, but I, I definitely respect the you God style. Like he definitely had something else that he brought to the table. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, he had a soulful style. You think about what yes. he did on Triumph, basically. Right, when right. He stepped out the shadows on Triumph and just started spitting. I mean, you know, when you see you guys, you see the RZA, you see the Jizz. That you know, it's that that trio. It's almost like the Wu has like battle groups. Like you play, you know, you play uh, Final Fantasy. They got different teams that do different things. Yep. I think I think you got the RZA and the Jizz. That's more like your that's their survey team. They go out there and survey the land and get it ready for the killers. Pretty much, they, you know, they you know, you guy goes out, flies out, looks over the battlefield. You got the RZA directing you guys from the sky. You got you got the Jizz bringing the weapon up, you know, bringing the weapons from the rear. And you got the other, you got the other, like you know, you got the other assassins coming up the rear. I mean, I look at I look at them as like they're different battle groups. That group is more philosophy, more a philosopher group, right? They're more full metal alchemist than anything else. And then you know, you think about it about the philosopher's stone. I mean, you know, that's a that's a hell of a that's a hell of a trio when you think about it, because you always look at the order how they go. You know, there's always Ghost and Ray. Yep. And then, you know, if Meth is doing stuff, he's doing a hook at that point, he might right. step on the track. Then, you know, you get uh, like they, they, what they did with Dirty's Voice and um, all the other, all the posthumous albums, his hooks, man, were just insane. Mm. He, became, he became more of Method Man in that situation because Dirty's Voice, he's like, I'll, you know, he's like, I'll mess you up, basically. You know, you hear it in the background, you're like, oh, man, that's, 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 uh, that's dirty in the background, getting angry, talking about hurting somebody, and that's how that energy, man, is what he brought. And, mm-hmm. You know, and method brings that energy. I, I, I love that you brought that comparison because, like, uh, ODB style is not replicated. That's obvious. But like Meth, he almost overthought his style too much, where he felt like he influenced other rappers' style too. Right? I remember like vividly, like he thought when Nelly came out with like the sing song rap, he felt like he would have to stop doing that and almost like reboot or like re, you know, calculate how you, how you deliver his own verses. He didn't need to do that. I, th- I think, I think Matthew overanalyzes himself. Yeah. And I yeah. said, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, if he, if you take that to Cal formula and use it over and over, people would be satisfied, yep. you know, at that point, because that's what they wanted. You know, but you also got to think every time he did a guest spot on somebody non-clan, he's the best rapper on the track. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just, man, you know, it's just when you put them together as a group, everybody goes into their order, their rank of who, who, who's closer to that guy in MC status. You know, right. we know, we know Ray telling the story. I think Ghost has grown so much leaps and bounds. Can you think about what Ghost was on, um, you know, on the, um, on the Daytona album compared to where he is today? I mean, MF Doom and everybody else, and you got Zarface, and you got, yes. you know, Ghost is evolved. Like, Ghost, Ghost is working on his craft every day. That's you know, right. He's not, he's not acting. Ghost is rapping every day. <laughs> and then you think about what Ray did on uh, Cuban Links 2. Oh, my God. Pyrex. Whew. You know, uh, yeah. man, that... What he did on what he did on Cuban Links 2 is like, man, I got to say, that's up there with Cuban Links 1. That whole that whole album is vicious. I agree. I can't wait for part three. He teased it out, you know. And we'll see. That'll be amazing. But Zarface is dope too. I'm glad that Inspector Deck is um still doing things too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they 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 definitely are still um out in the scene. I guess I guess I, I guess that's the final thought that I had um on the Wu identity. Cause like for me, I always felt like being a mixed identity person, you know, my mom being 
white and my dad being Asian, like I always felt like the woo was a way to kind of welcome different cultures. And I don't know, I, I guess, I, I guess I always thought that was dope, right? It's like, you're not, you're not culture vultures where you're like stealing the Asian culture, right? You're like trying to like highlight it and underline it and show people like a different, a different world. And I think that's like what I really respected about the Wu first and foremost. Yeah, they, they showed us a side of the culture that we didn't see, you know, we, well, we saw it, but we never found a way to bring it to the musicality like that. If you think yeah. about like Kung Fu Sunday, watching people <laughs> kick, punch, chop, fight with, you know, fight with swords and stuff like that. They made that right. cooler. I mean, it was always cool to me. People thought we were weird for watching it. Yes. But what happened is they made that cool to watch Kung Fu Sunday. It made Tarantino be able to do Kill Bill 1, 2, and 3. If you think about that, I mean, you know, right. it, it influenced the culture. I mean, it made martial arts movies cool again. Think about it. If there's no Kill Bill, is there a John Wick? No. If John Wick, <laughs> the whole John Wick thing, the whole John Wick thing doesn't work if there's no Kill Bill, right. no Quentin Tarantino. You know, and I mean, if there was no RZA to link that together, basically, because you know the thing about it is, you had, you could tell that Tarantino was hanging out around the RZA and a few other people in Hollywood. Yeah, they came up with that theme, and then you take the you take the backdrop from uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, right. and there you go. I mean, that's the wool influence on culture today. I mean, even look, even think about Django. Django is the most hip hop, you know, movie that I ever seen that involves like slavery to a certain point, you know, which right. is interesting. I mean, because you know, the, the Django is a very graphic tale, as people already know, but it's phenomenal the way they tell it. To be honest with you, I mean, uh, it's 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 what it is. I really appreciate it because it's like, man, I mean, their influence is everywhere, especially if it's Tarantino. You know, you can see who he was hanging out with at that point in time, still today, probably. Yeah, even like you think about Jim Jamush and the um <laughs> said they did that little bit um and coffee and cigarettes, I think, um uh, mm -hmm. with Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. Bill fucking Murray. Um yeah, man. I mean, I, I also love that Hollywood is kind of protective of the Wu Tang too, you know, like the 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 Showtime series is awesome. I can't wait for the next the next uh chapter, the next season. But yeah, I mean it's gonna be a pretty awesome experience. I mean, I I want another album. I want I want another album. I want I want a RZA produced album, a hundred percent. You know, I kill for that right now. I think hip hop needs it at this point because you know is. I think, I think right now you know we're at a weird place in hip hop because you think about the last twelve months. Yeah. I mean, you know, you lose you lose you lose Nipsey. You know that happened. Some yep. people say Nipsey is like one of the greatest rappers ever i don't necessarily agree with that i think you know he was profound on the culture right. i think he was a great businessman i think as a rapper we didn't get the best of him as a rapper i wish we could have got more time with him it's the same thing with big and Pac. True. you know to, you know i ever will say that biggie's the greatest ever is at certain levels but he only gave us two albums you know i miss big you know you miss Pac in that situation you miss nip in that regard yeah just wish that Man, artists got to do what these guys are doing. They got to age gracefully and make more music at this point. You know, yeah, like, and yeah. if we did get another Wu-Tang album, it would be welcomed. Like, mm -hmm. I remember in the 90s, like, you brought up Terror Squad, and I wish they went the distance. 
obviously flip mode squad was able to <laughs> pull through and at least busta was able to have an odb cameo on that last album which was yeah. amazing yeah. and even like you talk about like um dungeon family like i felt like that was the most woo like group ready to like just like you know thrive and we only got like one dungeon family album right so i mean mm-hmm. it's well just, think about yeah. think about wish doctor and all of them you know atl swat you know those boys were cooking with gas down there man you know? <laughs> i've been watching those those atlanta videos during that time period gave a very it's the way i felt about watching wu-tang videos early on you know you're watching cream Yep. I mean, you watching you you watching ice cream. These guys riding around in a woo, a woo truck with selling ice cream cones and, and chicks right. wearing shirts, pe- you know, peeking reeking and stuff like that. You like this is this visual is nuts right now. And then you know you think about like man, how far you know how far did, how far they influenced the genre? Because you definitely think about the South. There's a lot of their influence in the South right now. The Dungeon Family, Goody Mob. You think about Outkast. You think about how uh, Dre raps. You know, it's very East Coast, but with a Southern twang to it, to be honest with yes. you. You know, th- yeah. these guys are artists because nobody ever thought a rapper from the South could say something profound <laughs> until like, until the South started doing it. I mean, it was it was more to it than, uh, you know, make them say, uh, at that point. You know, <laughs> um, oh, man. you know, P said some profound things on Ice Cream, man. You know, I listen to that song sometimes. That's my guilty <laughs> pleasure. We'll talk about that one day. Oh yeah, that's gonna be the next episode, bro. Guilty pleasures for it's sure. The ice cream man, and you like, yeah, man. Wow, this is really interesting. You know, <laughs> what was that type like tank in like every video? But the one I remember is like, it was probably the make him say uh, video was like in a basketball court, and the tank just showed up. The tank just, just showed up. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, where does the no limit tank come from? Where, does, where did he get this thing from? Oh. And they actually shooting t-shirts out the tank and stuff. I'm like, wow. Damn. That might influence what goes on at Bulls games today. People shooting Yo. t-shirts out of cannons. Could that have been masterpiece? You know, it could have been. <laughs> and that was at a time where you couldn't show a gun at a, yeah. a hip hop like video. And okay, I'm gonna bring a tank then. You know, I'll bring a whole logo. tank and ride it through an MTV. You know, yeah, that's up there with certain missiles in the booty videos. They only came on at eleven o'clock. Baby got back him on eleven o'clock every night at the Headbangers Ball. And I'm like, okay, Headbangers Ball, sir, missile. Here it go. <laughs> I just listened to Aerosmith for like 20 minutes and, and uh, you know, and uh, whatever else they were playing pretty much. And right. Yeah, man. You know, the cure. And, you know, here it comes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, these guys have been awesome for hip hop. I mean, they, man, they gave us a lot of good memories, a lot of good concerts, a lot of good experiences, stuff that we can't. You can't replicate this stuff, man. I mean, these guys did great work, and they're still they got still got more great work to do. You can't wait. Yeah, the Wu Tang saga continues. Yeah, we haven't even got to the other parts of the saga. That's how much content these guys got right now. It's incredible. <sighs> yeah, we, definitely. We, we might have to step back in the booth and do a Shaw Brothers just Wu Tang show. <laughs> <laughs> People would love that show. Basically, you started talking about you know, hell, Shaw Brothers is sending us a this is sending us a royalty when we get done with that show. <laughs> <laughs> we just so. We just sold 17 movies for you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Man, bro. It yeah. goes deep. It goes deep with the Wu. Wu Tang forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess, yeah, on that note, I guess um we appreciate y'all listening. You know, 
check out more um, Hip Hot Heads episodes coming up with more features, talking with uh, some of our uh, other other close cam- comrades about some of our favorite hip hop moments. And um, yeah, follow us on Spotify, rate review on Apple Podcasts so we can reach some more listeners. And we appreciate y'all listening. Mm-hmm.